You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, you're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley, and we don't have my wife today, so she's uh, she's busy. As I've told you all, she, she has her own business that she runs, and... Uh, we were lucky to have her while we had her. Hopefully, we'll get her back in a month or so. But anyhow, so y'all are just going to have to listen to me. Hopefully, I asked the questions I think that you as the listeners would like to have answered. So, Happy New Year. Today is New Year's Day, and we are on episode 240. Wow, that's kind of crazy, actually. I uh, started this podcast, I believe, in 2019. And it's just been a goal of mine to try to. There's been a few times that it hasn't happened, but it's been a goal of mine to release one episode a week. So we've, for the most part, stuck with that. A few bumps here and there, but uh, not too bad. So I appreciate all of you for listening. It is 2024. Kind of crazy. It's an election year, so we're going to hear lots of politics. So... But not on this podcast. But anyhow, episode 240 is what we do every, or I've tried to every year. It's going to be setting our 2024 indoor air quality goals. I know it sounds crazy. You know, we've talked about it on the other episodes that we do around this time of year. A lot of people, including myself, say, yeah, we're going to do this, this, and this for our New Year's resolutions. And if you're anything like me, you don't you don't follow through a couple weeks, couple months into the year, you're kind of back to what you're doing. But for our goals, these are just small things I think that we can push ourselves to do so that we can prevent mold. You know, mold, as I say all the time, mold spores are naturally present in a home or inside buildings outside, but mold infestations are not. If we can prevent those things, that's an awesome start. So anyhow, let's start with this 
January is Radon Awareness Month, and a lot of you probably are like, well, what does Radon have to do with mold? It doesn't really have anything to do with mold. But you've heard me talk about that loof monitor. That's actually the main purpose of that is for Radon. But we do talk about indoor air quality, and like I said, that's the title of this, is setting our indoor air quality goals. So I wanted to just start with that. Next week, I believe, it might be the week after, I am going to do an episode dedicated to Radon And it's just something I got certified as a radon tester years ago. And it's something that's important for indoor air quality. But anyhow, keep that in mind that January is Radon Awareness Month. So you might be seeing posts about that. You'll probably hear other indoor air quality specialists talk about it. But keep that in mind. So speaking of radon, that should be, if it was me, that'd be my first goal. So let's set a goal to have the radon tested. You can either do it professionally You can buy that Luft monitor. You can go down to your health department. Typically, they will give away a, it's called an activated charcoal canister. It's a little round, about the size of a Petri dish, a little metal tin. You actually open it up. It literally looks like a piece of foam that's in there and then a little plastic piece at the bottom of that. But anyhow, they typically will hand those out for free. But keep in mind that you do have to pay for the lab fees once you send that off to a lab. So you, you can do it either professionally or you can go do it yourself. Obviously, do it yourself is cheaper, but keep in mind, and I'll say it for my company, when we test for radon, we use what's called a CRM, Continuous Radon Monitor. It's a machine that's quite expensive. Uh, I actually have two of them, and one's a lot more expensive, and it, it actually will give us temperature readings, humidity, all sorts of stuff. Um, But both machines or all CRMs do take hourly readings. They have sensors as far as if the machine's unplugged or if it's moved. Those things for you testing or having your home tested aren't that important. Uh, The main reason behind those sensors is say you're purchasing a home and the sellers are still living there, which is common. We take the machine over, we drop it off. If they're aware of radon or they know their radon's high, they can tamper with the machine and literally unplug it and move it while we're gone for the two days and then come back and put it back where it was right before we show up. And I say that and I've had it happen several times. But anyhow, that's, you know, something you shouldn't be worrying about if you're just in your own home. I I don't think you would want to mess with your own test. That's a quick, easy thing Um, as a goal. I would make that a goal for all of you. If you haven't had your radon tested in the last two years, make sure you go get that done. Second goal. This is something that many of us don't even think about, and it's our daily routines that could lead to mold. And I'll speak for myself. You know, I have a morning routine when I wake up. All of us do. And typically it's similar, unless you have like newborns and you're never know when you're going to be getting up and doing all that. But for the most part, most of you probably have morning routines that you do. And some of those routines obviously involve water, brushing your teeth, washing your face, doing whatever in the bathroom. You might have just a bad habit, or it could be you have teenagers or young kids might have a bad habit of just splashing everywhere and they don't think it's a big deal. That is something to me that is fairly simple. Um, I know it's easy to say that, but it's it it's something that you can easily change. So to me, it's fairly simple. You know, you can just say, hey, when I'm washing the dishes, I'm going to make sure that I'm not splashing everywhere. When I'm taking a shower, I'm going to make sure that the exhaust fan is on. You know, when my 16-year-old son who likes to shower for an hour, I'm going to tell him or her, hey, we need to cut these shower times down to 
a half hour. I mean, cutting it in half is a big deal, but even a half hour shower is probably a little excessive. But my point is, is, you know, we can take something like a daily habit and just tweak it a little bit and just pay attention to mold. You know, it's easy to overlook mold concerns or in, indoor air quality concerns when everything's fine. You don't have a cold. You're not waking up with the cough or sore throat. Uh, you don't get headaches all the time. It's easy to just overlook common habits that could lead to mold concerns. It, it I don't want to sound like I'm preaching. I'm not a personal coach. I'm just a mold guy. But it is something that you can easily try to change your habit or the habits of, of people in the home to not do things that would create humidity concerns or moisture intrusion events that could lead to mold. So I, I think it's simple. It's not that difficult to do. Go to your spouse, your significant other, your children if they're living there, your parents, whoever lives in the home, and just quickly, you know, over dinner tonight, say, hey, you know, I, I listened to this podcast and this guy said, hey, there's little things that all of us could do to improve the air quality in our home. So that's an easy, simple goal, I guess, to me. Uh, it's something that, you know, if you can keep doing it, it'll become a routine to make sure you wipe down the sink after you're done, you know, brushing your teeth. Or like I said, turn on the exhaust fan. Another goal that once again, for me, seems simple. You hear me talk about humidity gauges all the time. And Prevention is key when it comes to many things in life, and mold's no different. If you can prevent the elevated humidity from getting over 60%, that's the, the key number. Keep it below 60. I always say 50. But if you can keep it below 60, which is what mold needs to become viable and reproduce, if you can keep it below that, you can prevent mold infestations. Obviously, the only way to know what the humidity levels are is to buy a humidity gauge. They're literally, if you go to Amazon or your hardware stores, you can buy a really nice one for like $20. You can literally get on Amazon for $10 to $15 and get a three-pack. Uh, so I, I've talked about them quite often. Uh, there's expensive units like the Luft that we use in our home, but I don't use just that Luft monitor. I have a Luft monitor and then I have humidity gauges. I have one down in our main level in our living room. I have one down in our basement in the fitness room. I have one in my wife's office. I have one in my office. I have one in the bathrooms. So it's something, it's crazy enough, I actually put one in the fridge and the only reason we're doing that is, is our fridge is kind of a funky fridge. It sometimes uh, freezes up. But anyhow, I even have one in our fridge. So they're cheap enough. Obviously, I buy a lot of them. A lot of times I'll give them to my clients if I do on-site inspections. But it's something that's cheap and it's not that hard to just look at it and go, wow, okay, it's humid in here. It's showing us that it's 65%. If you're seeing that, obviously you want to take the steps to figure out, you know, what's causing the elevated humidity. But go out and buy you a humidity gauge. They're easy to do. That, to me, is, is a simple goal that you can set. Another thing is I talked about prevention. If you have something like a crawl space or most homes have an attic, uh, some we can't access, but if you have an attic that you can access or crawl space, those are known to be problematic and they're known to have mold infestations. Well, none of us go up there. You can buy actually a humidity gauge that you can Bluetooth. Put one up in your in your attic. It's It'll have just a, almost like a sensor that is typically battery operated. And then it'll have the actual receiver that you can put down in your kitchen that you can see all the time. There's some that you can uh, monitor from your phone. Uh, as you all know, I'm not tech savvy, so I'm not 
sure if that's called Bluetooth or what that's called. But anyhow, it hooks up to your Wi-Fi and you can literally monitor it from an easy, convenient location. You don't have to go down into the crawl space. But speaking of humidity gauges, there's another tool that's really important, in my opinion, depending on the layout of your house, how often you are in certain rooms. A crawl space is something we rarely get into. You know, I don't have a crawl space. When I did have a home with a crawl space, I literally would go down there if I had to run wires for something or to turn on my sprinkler system or turn them off. It it wasn't a, a place that I would go very often. And ironically, typically in the spring, when I go down in there, it would have damp soils. So my point is, is depending on the layout of your home, there's another tool that you can buy and it's called a, a water alarm or a moisture alarm. That's something that you can put in like a mechanical room. And, you know, if it's somewhere that you don't go too often, something like your like I said, a, a basement that's not finished, a crawl space. Maybe you have a cabin that you stay in all summer or winterize it in the fall. It wouldn't be a bad idea also if you have Wi-Fi up there to have a water alarm, moisture alarm. You can buy those once again at hardware stores. Amazon obviously is where a lot of us buy all of our stuff, but it will literally uh, hook into your phone and it will alert you if if water hits it and this is a sensor that you would put like on the sink floor like below your sink so if water hit it um you could put it next to your water heater you could put it in a crawl space say on something that's a little more elevated like a spot footing and the whole point of that is is like i said if water hits it which there should never be water if it hits that sensor it alerts you or there's some that are cheaper that just have an audible alarm either way to me it's something fairly simple once again and i know i keep saying that but when I say simple, these things are simple compared to getting sick, having to hire a mold literate doctor, moving out of your home for a month, month and a half, however long it takes to do the mitigation, and also being sick and just having to, to miss work or just feeling like crap all the time. So to me, it's simple. You can spend just a little bit of money and it will really help you out. So I kind of went over a few easy goals, uh, some some other goals that might be a little more intensive. You can do, and I have a course online, a DIY home inspection or mold inspection. If you don't want to go that route, you can pay somebody. We obviously do VPAs also, but that's something that obviously is going to cost a lot more money, but in the long run, it's going to save you a lot of money. So that's something I'd really look into. Uh, if you have gutters and you know that they leak and you know you know you have this corner on the southwest side of the home that the gutters are leaking and there's no downspout or there's no downspout extension go out and fix those i know it's january it's not the right time unless you're in a warmer climate but set that as a goal and once again it, it's going to cost a little bit of money but fixing defective rain gutters would save you a lot of money in structural issues because that water could cause foundation cracks. A foundation crack could allow water into your basement or into your crawl space. That can lead to mold. So there are some goals when it comes to stuff like that that obviously take more time. There are things like shoveling problematic areas like corners outside of your home where snow piles up. Like set just some goals. And like I said, I'm not a personal coach, but uh, we do this you know, this time of year, every year since we've been doing the podcast. So just to kind of quickly go over some of the, the things I talked about, buy a humidity gauge. Literally, you can get one for $10. You can buy a, a moisture alarm or a water alarm. 
You can buy that for $50 or, or less. You can buy a, a cheap air purifier. And when I say cheap, there's air purifiers that are $30 or they can go up to 1000 But there are things you can do like that. And another thing that's really great to use is a HEPA vacuum. That's something we'll talk about probably here in a few weeks, um, vacuums and mold. But just set some goals and buy some pieces of equipment. They're not expensive. I promise you, you'll you'll be glad that you bought those things. Make sure you put them in the proper places. It wouldn't do much good to buy a water alarm and put it on a ceiling. So, um, you know, you'd want that somewhere where, where it would obviously be effective and efficient. Once again, this was episode 240. We do have, and happy new year, we do have the Mold 101 digital product that is available on our website. So go to CNC contractorservices.com purchase that digital product it's i'm not sure what it costs right now but it's probably less than sixty dollars it's got a lot of great information it has checklists a lot of things that'll help you prevent mold so thanks again i hope all of you have a wonderful happy new year have a great day Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.